We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, everyone. Before we get started, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. The best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Acceptance in this program is limited, so get your application in today. Go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more. But that's bwhustle.com slash join. Welcome, Irish fans, to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I am Vince D'Addario. I'm the football analyst here at irishbreakdown.com. And with me, as always, is Brian Driscoll. He is the publisher at said irishbreakdown.com. And uh, we are going to continue with our player, our position previews going into spring. And uh, we're going to hit the quarterback position. This is an offensive day. So we're starting with the quarterbacks. And uh, there's a decent amount of questions going into uh, spring when it comes to the quarterback position. Not only who is going to be taking that first snap, 
uh, in September. But what is that depth chart going to look like? Uh, you know, what kind, what's the competition going to look like? All these different things are flashing through our brains. Uh, but first, let's talk about what was lost uh, from this position. The the consummate winner at Notre Dame, Ian Book. Uh, is no longer a member of the Notre Dame football team. He is, has placed his name in the NFL draft, and uh, we will see what his destination is at some point. But they have to replace Ian Book. What does that mean, Brian, replacing Ian Book? You know, Vince, what it means is I get. I guess we have to have a conversation of perception versus production. You know, that that to me is really – what it boils down to and, and what you view. And, and this isn't me telling you what you should or shouldn't think, but essentially as a analyst, as a fan, as a coach, whatever hat you want to put on, how you perceive Ian book is going to determine how you perceive what Notre Dame has to replace at the position. Yeah. You know, so, you know, when I look at it, I see a guy that, you know, was a, 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 a smart, um, tough, good leader that, you know, was 30 and five as a starter because he played on a really good football team with a really good defense. And for the most part, some really good offensive players around him. Sure. And, and his level of production was really up and down. I thought he was at his best in 2018. The numbers say that. And, you know, that was Notre Dame's best stretch of football under him scoring wise, yards wise, passing wise was during that 2018 season uh, the vast majority of his 300-yard games were then during that period. And then, of course, last year he, his yards went down, his yards per attempt went way down. You know, his touchdowns went up, which was good. Uh, but there was a lot of other indicators that showed he had taken a little, little bit of a step back. And then, of course, this past year, from a production standpoint, it took a huge step back. So yeah, no kidding. the question you have to ask yourself is, you know, did Notre Dame win this season? Did they go 10-0 in the regular season this year because Ian Book is just this – you know, this exceptional playmaker that just always makes the big plays in, in the money situations. And 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 I don't know if we can really say that uh, a whole lot. There have been times here and there, but, you know, we think of the Virginia Tech game in 2019, but I would argue that better quarterback play the first three and a half quarters would have meant that they would have been in that situation to begin with. You know, I thought his play – I thought the one time I could really point to and say, wow, they won that game because Ian Book made some big-time money plays was was the Clemson game this year. You know, I thought <clears throat> he had made some mistakes in the middle of that game, but there were a lot of people that made mistakes in the middle of that game. He had also made some plays to set up scores. And, you know, those plays he made late in the game, not just the deep ball to Avery Davis, which was important, but also the scramble and then finding Avery Davis in a contested throwing lane, which is something he has not done, did not do a whole lot of in his career. So, you know, that was one of those times when the lights were brightest, when Ian Book had to play outside of his normal play, and he did that. And so there were some times like that, but I, I, I won't make the case that, that they were 30-5 and five because of Ian Book. Uh, I just don't think you can make that argument. I think when you look at Notre Dame's record against ranked opponents during that stretch, you you can't make that argument. Um, when you look at how Notre Dame played on the big stage, you can't make that argument. Ian Book played played what he did what he needed to do to not lose you football games. Sure, I don't sure. know if you could say he did a, a lot of things to win you football games, and especially against the the better teams in the schedule. Right. So, you know, that's how I look at it. Now, other people are going to look at it different. Other people are going to look at you know he you know, 30 and five and he's second behind Brady Quinn in yards and touchdowns and all these statistics that have more to do with just how many games you played more than it does about your actual production, 
you know, on a per game basis. And so, you know, I've pointed out how his career touchdowns aren't that much more in in three plus years, aren't that much more than what Justin Fields did in basically a year and a half, you yeah. know? So uh, it's all relative and how you view what needs to be replaced is how you view Ian Book's role in Notre Dame's 30 and five, because the case for him is easy. Well, they went to undefeated regular right. seasons and those two are playoff all team first. records, man. Like- right. It's like, I mean, we've seen in Major League Baseball, what was it? The Jake, uh, Jacob deGrom for the Mets a couple of years ago had an ERA below two, but he, he didn't have, he wasn't plus, t- you know, over 10 wins by very much. And then we've seen years where guys win 20 games and have ERAs in the fours, you know, yeah. and, because it's a, it's a team record. And so you have to look at what was the, what was his role in that? I think there are quarterbacks you can point to and say, that team won because of that quarterback. I, I think, you know, Clemson the last couple of years, I think won games because of Trevor Lawrence, because I don't think they were as talented as they were in 2018 or 2016, or even to some degrees in 2015. So, uh, you know, I, I, Joe Burrow obviously was a, was a, an elite playmaker in, in 2019. LSU won because of, you know, Joe Burrow's ability to execute that offense at an incredibly high level. I don't know if I would accept that for Ian Book. So, um, you know, but that's kind of what makes this discussion fun. And it's a never ending discussion because people have kind of come down on their sides. Ian Book is the ultimate winner, you know, and, (laughs) and, uh, and yeah, they're not moving. But, you know, I think for me, Vince, it's, it's one of those things where the hardest part to, to replace from an Ian Book standpoint is, is you're losing a leader, you're losing a high character player, uh, you're losing someone who, you know, I think in a lot of ways was the epitome of what Notre Dame wanted in a quarterback. And that was protect the ball at all costs. Um, you know, don't turn it over. And when things break down, we need you to go make a play. And I think Ian Book did that very well. Uh, I think he's someone that Brian Kelly trusted a great deal and, you know, to to do what Brian Kelly wanted to do. And, and, and that's important because, you know, a coach is going to have a, little, a lot more confidence to kind of you know, win with defense if you know that Ian Book isn't going to lose it for you, sure. that kind of thing. So is a very good complimentary player. But, you know, for me, you know, I have to look at it and say the the 30 and three is is great. But I think Notre Dame was like six and five against ranked opponents the last, you know, three years, two, you know, two, three years. Um you look at you you know you go back to the to you know when Tony Rice was the quarterback and you look at what his numbers were against top 10 teams you know it was a whole different animal you know uh seven wins over top 10 teams things like that so there's there's different types of winning is it just the overall record or are you winning the big games you know uh Tony Rice had more wins over top 10 opponents than Ian Book had over top 25 opponents during his career and so it's not for lack of opportunities either right right so you know, but again, that's also a team thing. It's sure. Right? Yeah, Tony no Rice played on some really good teams. And he didn't right? play defense. Right. Ian Book <laughs> didn't have, you know, right. as much as I've said, Ian Book had better weapons than people believe. You know, there was no Rocket the last couple of years. There sure, was no Ricky sure. Waters even at like at running back or flanker. I mean, he played – Tony Rice played with some heck, some really good football players too and had some really good defenses too. So, but my point is, I just think when you look at Ian Book – the, replacing the intangibles is going to be a lot harder than replacing the production. I think sure. the reproduction will be relatively easily replaced, and we'll get into that. The question that I have is, can you replace the leadership? Because leadership isn't just about 
you know, going out making plays. It's do your players believe in you? Right. And will they play for you? And will right. they give their best for you? And, and at no point in time during this season did I really feel like the Notre Dame players weren't competing, uh, even in losses. You know, I think maybe the Clemson title game would be the only example. But the Notre Dame players played hard against Alabama. Sure. Not, not, offensively as well. I, and and they battled. And I, and I do think that is indicative of the fact that they had a scrapper, a gamer, a tough kid at quarterback. And I agree. So I think that part, we have to see if that part can be replaced. Because there's a thing. Ian Book took a lot of hits in his career. Sometimes because, I mean, a lot of times because of his own. his own. Yes. But, you know, he, he was a kid that played through a lot of bumps and bruises as sure. well. Sure. And, and, you know, those are the those are the intangibles that I think are going to be a lot harder to replace. Those are the question marks that I have. I have no doubt that whether it's Jack Cohen or Drew Pine or Brendan Clark or Tyler Buckner, that replacing Ian Book's production won't be that challenging. I mean, through 15 touchdown passes in 12 games last year. Right. You know, that that part's not going to be hard to replace. Can the other parts be replaced? That's a bigger question for me. Well, and, and I think it's it's important to understand, and I don't think anybody would argue with the fact that you know, Ian Book's one of the tougher kids out there. I mean, he and he's a you know, for lack of a better term, he's a gamer, right? I mean, he. I think that's a great term. I mean, I think that's a perfect term for he him. He just is, know? and I and I will never question his heart or his want to win or any of that. That that was never in question, and I think he's mm-hmm. one heck of a leader. And I think, you know, and I'm kind of echoing what you were saying, but at the same time, I feel like it needs to be repeated. Replacing him as a leader on this team is going to be the hard part. That that's going to be the challenge because he 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 led that team off the field. I mean, right. by example, you know, all of that. I, I think that it's really important to understand that. And nobody is saying that he wasn't that way. It was some of the production issues that you and I would pick apart a little bit mm-hmm. more. And I agree with you. I don't think that replacing the production is going to be all that hard. I think if mm-hmm. you just took the numbers from 2020. And you put them up against whatever the numbers are going to be in 2021. I think they're going to be better in 2021. Yeah. I really in just do. about every category. Yes, I I really do believe that. And that's again, that's nothing against Ian Book. I, I don't want this to be an Ian Book. Well, I mean, it, it is kind of against Ian. I mean, it's okay to say that, right? Like, it's okay to be critical of his play. It, it's not personal. It doesn't mean we dislike him. And we're analysts. If we can't be critical of someone's play without feeling we have to apologize for five minutes so that people don't get mad, then. You know, it is what it is. People are going to get mad because we didn't say Ian Book's the greatest quarterback of You're all right. time at Notre Dame. Like, there was literally – someone sent me an article that somebody's trying to debate whether Ian Book was better than Brady Quinn. That's the level of insanity that we're dealing with here. I, we're not going to change anyone's mind, and apologizing right. for being critical is not going to make them less mad You're that right. we didn't just say it's going to be impossible for Notre Dame to replace Ian Book. They're going to go 2-10 and 10 next year because they don't have Ian Book we're analysts. And so we're going to call this down the middle, middle yeah. of the field. So I don't want you to have to feel like you have to apologize right. for that, but let me say something else about this. Part of the challenge of replacing Ian book from both a production and especially a leadership and a tangible standpoint is there no, is there is no clear heir apparent. And I think that's the part yeah. that we're not necessarily talking about where at a lot of these other places, there was sort of an, a, a line of secession that was coming, sure. whether it was an incoming recruit that you knew was going to kind of be that guy, you know, that would, uh, whether it was sort of the backup stepping into that next role, there was always sort of a clear line of succession, succession at those places, you know. And and sure. and what and you know when you look at like Ohio State when it lost Dwayne Haskins, 
you know, it was going to be either Joe, Joe Burrow was supposed to be that guy. Well, then they brought Justin Fields and, you know, you get this big five-star, you know, grad transfer or transfer, you know, that's not Jack Cohn, right? Jack Cohn didn't play last year. It's just, it's a different scenario. Uh, Alabama, I mean, you, you knew it was Jalen Hurts. And then, you know, if, if he played his entire career, it was going to be, you know, Tua Tungvaloa was going to take over at some point in time, and then after that, it was going to be Mac Jones, and after Mac Jones, it's going to be Bryce Young. You're looking to go Oklahoma. You knew who the quarterback was going to be after uh, Baker Mayfield left, right? It was it was going to be Kyler Murray. I mean, th- there was no question about it, and I think that makes it a lot easier to kind of keep rolling when you have that clear, here's who the next guy is. I mean, we're talking about Notre Dame's next guy being an incoming freshman, as far as next great quarterback, but he's not a guy that I would view as someone who's going to step in right away and play because he didn't play as a senior in high school and didn't play as a sophomore in high school. He's played one year of football in the last three years, right? right. It's a little different than Trevor Lawrence and you know Jalen Hurts and guys like that coming in. So I think the lack of that clear answer of who's next is also going to hurt. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. The to me, the leadership point because there's no quarterback that can necessarily step in the room on the first day of winter workouts and like I'm the guy. I mean, Jack Cohn can act like that, but Drew Pine's going to want to act like that. Tyler Buckner's going to want to act like that. So I think that that's the thing that makes this even more challenging when we look at it from a replacing Ian Book standpoint. Is there was one guy in front of the room the last two years. And now there's four, and and so I think that's that's the other part that needs to get get uh, talked about when we talk about what needs to be replaced. And now we'll kind of dive into who those guys that are going to be battling to replace Ian Book are going to be. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. So, Brian, no matter who the quarterback is, quickly what are your expectations for that quarterback position I mean I guess it kind of depends on who wins the job mm-hmm. but your, your expectations as to what you need to see out of that quarterback position for Notre Dame to be successful in 21 well, 
to me, Vince, it's about you got to start playing better ball in the bigger games, right? Like you got to start playing championship caliber football. And, and no matter who that quarterback is, those are the things you need to do. So what does that look like? It, it, it means, you know, y- y- yes, you don't want to turn the ball over, but I also think you need to avoid the maniacal uh, fear of turning the ball over that leads you to not making plays, right? So there need to be more plays. They need to be willing to take more chances down the field the timing and anticipation needs to be better just there needs to be an overall improved level of playmaking from a throwing game standpoint a scrambling quarterback can only take you so far right right? uh you need a guy that can sit back in the pocket and beat the better teams in the schedule i mean alabama just won a national title with a quarterback that barely had over had positive yards i mean he was i think like 20 or 30 yards in the entire season and most of that came in the last two games of the year he was minus I think nine going into the Notre Dame game. So you can live with a quarterback that's not making a bunch of plays. You have to have a quarterback that's making plays from the pocket. You need a guy that's a good decision maker, a great decision maker, a guy that is going to get the ball out on time. It's going to spread the ball around, get all your playmakers going. But then also a guy, Vince, that to me is willing to take some chances. And every now and then that's going to result in the turnover. Sure. Uh, but that's no different than throwing a ball away on third and 10 because you're not willing to take that chance, I, you know, and then punting the ball. They're going to get the ball anyway. Give your receivers a chance to go make a play. And so I want to see I want to see that those are the things that we need to see from whoever the next quarterback is, whether it's a, it's a senior, uh, yeah. a sophomore, a junior or a freshman. I mean, that's what their name has. Right. They have a senior yeah. and, Jack, and Jack Cohn, a junior, and Brendan Clark, sophomore, Drew Pine, freshman, Tyler Buckner. So I don't care who that guy is. He that's the level of play that Notre Dame's going to need a quarterback. It's you're going to have to see improvement from a pass game decision making standpoint for this offense to take the next step, even if they continue to stay in the same archaic system that we've criticized. The fact of the matter is what we've also said during much of the last two years is there's been opportunities for guys to make more plays if the quarterback will get the ball out. Right. That's been our big criticism of Ian Book. Correct. You brought that up earlier in the show. So. If a quarterback is willing to make take more of those chances, we're going to see a jump in points this year if they're willing to take those opportunities. Now, we won't see the Notre Dame offense get to the level it needs to get to to where they're going to be scoring, you know, 27 to 34 points against the big boys, but it, it'll make them more competitive to where then maybe if the defense can force a turnover or two, something like that. Like we saw in the Clemson game in the regular season, offense didn't play great, but it played well enough to where when the defense made a couple big plays, that was enough to get the W. And that's team that's team football, right? right? And that's going to be Notre Dame's recipe to win. It's not going to be to go score 50 points in the national title game. It's going to be to score enough on offense to where your defense can then make the plays that you need to turn, you know, to, to get you the ball back to win the game. And so that's what we're going to need to see from the quarterback is just better overall playmaking ability, better decision making. And I'm really hoping we can finally see a quarterback that plays with a little bit more anticipation in the pass game. So let's start talking about these quarterbacks. Let's talk about the room, and we'll start at the top, meaning the older guy uh, first, and then we'll work our way down. Jack Cohn is uh, is the transfer, and we've talked mm-hmm. about him previously, so we're not going to you know dive completely into what Jack Cohn is, but it's more the question of what does Jack Cohn need to do to be the starting quarterback at Notre Dame in the spring? Is is it going to be a clear cut? situation leaving spring is it is the competition still going to be open etc so what is jack cone first time in the offense first time at notre dame what does he need to do to be the starting quarterback at notre dame 
I think, first of all, he's going to step into the spring as a starting quarterback, right? I, so to I me, agree. it's more about what does he need to do to keep the job and play at a high level? What are the what are the things we need to see from him this spring to begin with? Number one, he needs to get healthy, right? He missed the last season because True. of a foot injury. So I'm curious to see what his conditioning level is going to be. Is he going to be full go? I don't know the answer to that. I would imagine he's going to be full go based on when his injury happened. I believe it was in fall camp. Okay. And it was a foot injury. So he, he should be good to, to go through those things. Uh, he's going to have to fight like crazy to get acclimated with the people at Notre Dame. That yes. means, you know, things he should already be doing. He should already be organizing workouts with the receivers, things that I've heard. I, I talked to a source the other day that said that the quarterbacks, and, I, and the, the word I was told was quarterbacks, um, have been doing a lot of organizing offensive workouts on their own, which they're allowed to do. Yes. Um, oh, kids can get together to anytime right. they want. And so that's a good sign, you know, that that some of the quarterbacks are taking. And again, I was told it was multiple players that are involved in this are are taking that bull by the horn. And of good. course, Jack Cohn's going to be part of that. Right. Sure. Um, you know, and so getting acclimated with them as players, but also getting acclimated with them as people. You know, I think one right. of the things that I would suggest a guy and this may sound silly to people, but this is super important. I know where you're one going. One thing I would do super is say, hey, look, why don't you if you're living off campus, you know, have have your offensive linemen over for a week and with the other quarterbacks. I mean, show leadership in that room as well. You know, don't exclude the other quarterbacks so you can, you know, hype up the offensive linemen because that could then rub some people the wrong way. Sure. But have the other quarterbacks and the offensive linemen over for the events and different things like that. Stick to the COVID protocols, obviously, but like, uh, you know, have those things. Build those relationships to where those guys know that you're in this and you're as committed as they are to going out and winning this year. And I think if you win over your 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 position mates and then you win over the linemen – and everything else will fall into place, right? Because receivers are going to love you if you get them the ball. As long as they're getting right? the rock, man, it's all the matter. <laughs> you know, so you can be their best buddy, but if you don't get them the rock, it's like, <laughs> hey, man, I love you, but, you know, we need to maybe play this other dude because he gets me the ball. Uh... <laughs> so, you know, so I think those are the things I think he needs to do first and foremost because he's got to win that trust of his teammates first. Yeah. If, and that's if, not, if, that's not, easy, not easy, easy for a transfer. I mean, because you're coming in – it's it's like being the adoptive child, right? I mean, you're coming right. in, and I don't know if that's a good analogy or not, but you're coming into a family that's already established, and you've got to you've got to earn their respect, right. and it's not an overnight thing. And I, I think that's what people need to understand. It's not like he just walks in the door and instantly has their respect, right. unless he walks in the door and he's you know Trevor Lawrence, meaning like he's six right. six, he's got the biggest the best arm they've ever seen. You, you know, what I mean, there's there's certain physical traits that can command. Like I don't really care if that guy's a, a jerk or like. Have you seen him throw? You know what I mean? Like we can win a title. I can suck up dealing with this guy for a year. Sure. If it means we're going to win a title, you don't want to. Nest- I'm not saying that's how Trevor Lawrence was. I'm just saying like guys that's will give you an automatic physical. respect if yeah. you have. The- and Jack Cohn doesn't have that. I like his tools. They're better than I think people realize. I think his overall production and skill set was tamped down by the offense that he plays in. We broke down last time we talked about Jack Cohn, how his numbers were so much better than every other quarterback that played there other than Russell Wilson. Right. Right. So, you know, so, I mean, I think he's got a better skill set than people realize, but if, if he's not confident enough in himself to go out there and gain the confidence of his teammates, then ultimately he's not going to be a good enough quarterback. I mean, right. when he didn't step in the lineup at Wisconsin until I think he'd been in the program for two or three years. So he had time to do it. He's got to expedite all of that because yep. he's got one year. And I think that's something that's going to – because if you if you earn the trust of your teammates, then that ultimately will allow you to earn the trust of your coaches because coaches care about that stuff. They, You know, when, when we've been in quarterback places, I've been in quarterback battles before, we've sat down with teammates and asked them, you know, hey, 
you know, how are things going? You don't direct, who do you like better? This guy that you don't do that. You got to be savvy enough to kind of ask questions to get them to lead into those things. But you know, that stuff matters to coaches. It really, do, it should matter to the coaches in Notre Dame. And I, I think that it will. The other part of that is he's got to be himself. He can't be trying because there's going to be a tendency to where, you know, well, Ian did it this way. Well, I don't care how Ian did it. You've got to be your own man. You've got to be yourself because people will see right through that. So that's another factor. So so the point we're bringing this up is Jack Cohn has a lot more on his plate than just learning the Notre Dame playbook. Absolutely. And how easily he adapts to those things is going to determine, number one, his ability to be a playmaker, but then also to to earn the – because players are going to naturally want to gravitate towards the guy that they know. Hey, you know, we, we know what Drew Pine did last year. We've, we've been in the weight room with Brendan Clark and we know the work he's going to put in. You know, he's my friend. We hang out. I would love to see him get his shot. Well, then this other guy comes in who's out from an outside and then all of a sudden he steps in and he's got the job. There's going to be some natural, sure. you know, but if Jack Cohn comes in and says, Hey, let's, you know, I'm with you. We're putting in the work. Then they're, Hey, I love you, my buddy, but this guy's our quarterback. Yeah. And, you know, and that's what that's what Ian Book did when he took over from Brandon Wimbush. The players loved Brandon. He was one of the most well-respected players on the team, but they also had a tremendous amount of respect for Ian Book, which made them accept the fact, even though some of them didn't like it, yeah. that they accepted it because they knew that Ian had kind of you know, paid his dues and put in the work and had the right team-first attitude as well. So those are things he's going to have to do. But then also, Vince, he's going to have to to hold off a hard charge from the younger players. He's going to have to come in and and be aggressive early. You know, you you can't, you don't want to fall into this rut early of being so afraid to make a mistake that you then right. don't make any plays. That's my to to hold on to the job. He needs to kind of have a. I'm not worried about winning the starting job. I'm worried about leading Notre Dame to a championship. And what do I have to do to do that? And and that to me is going to be the biggest challenge for Tommy Reese with all these quarterbacks. When you get in a quarterback battle, your focus can be so much on winning that battle that you lose sight of, of, of the bigger picture. And I think that's one of the things that happened in 2016. The focus was so much on the quarterback battle that it wasn't on how are we building this team properly to go out and win a championship. Sure. And not only did they not win a championship, they didn't beat hardly anybody that year. And there was a lot of other circumstances, so I'm not saying it's a direct comparison. I'm simply making the point that your focus can't be on I got to beat out Jack Cohn or I got to or if you're Jack Cohn I got to hold off Tyler Buckner and Drew Pine and Brendan Clark. It's got to be how do I go lead this offense and how do I go become the playmaker this team needs and then not worry about turn because then it, when you when you're worried about the other guys it's oh I can't throw a pick here I can't make a mistake here I, I've got you know and so then all of a sudden I'm not going to bang this corner out because it's tight coverage I'm just going to check it down and that's the danger of of being in a quarterback battle and so. I think that's something Tommy Reese is going to have to do is how do you push this group beginning with Jack Cohn because he is the veteran to say, Hey, don't worry about making a mistake every day. Don't worry about if this day, if I don't play well this day, then all of a sudden I'm going to be behind, go out, be aggressive, play your game, execute the offense because you need to be focused on doing what you need to do to have a great offense, not so much on winning the job. And that's my big fear, and I think Jack Cohn has to be the tr the tone setter for that. He has to come out being willing to take those chances. You know, as you get used to the offense, don't just take the check down because you're not sure. You make your read and take that chance, and if you make the mistake, then don't make it again. So that's kind of the thing for me is he he just needs overall, Vince, needs to be a tone setter. I'm more concerned about that than I am about any physical you know strengths or limitations yeah, sure. he may have. 
I'm not worried about that stuff. I'm not worried about the physical. I, I've seen that he can make the throws that, that he needs to make at Notre Dame. So I'm not necessarily worried about the physical. I'm worried about the off-the-field stuff and earning right. the respect and all that. Right, and just that mentality of – because my big fear of Jack Comor and anything, he played in an offense that was just as conservative and avoid turnovers like the plague as Notre Dame is. And that's, that is probably, to be honest with you, my, my big fears. Can he break that mold and just go play ball? Can he say, hey, I got one year, one crack at this. I'm going to leave it all out there. You know, that's, that's what we need to see. So, Brian, one of the, we've kind of hashed out the Brendan Clark, Drew Pine, you know, situation uh, on, on a previous podcast. So I don't want to go terribly deep into that. But, you know, going into spring, we at least need to touch on the fact that, you know, are these guys going to get an opportunity, that kind of thing? And let's assume that they are getting that opportunity. What do they need to do? To, to push Jack Cohn, who we believe is probably going to be the starter going into spring, mm-hmm. uh, but it's their responsibility to push um, and to potentially take it over, right? So what what are we looking at from those two guys? And, and we're lumping them together because they're both the returning guys, mm-hmm. um, and we've talked about them before, so I, I didn't want to dive too deep, but what do their opportunities look like? Well, I think for Brendan Clark, the biggest thing is he's got to prove he's healthy. Yes. And that's my big fear for him. And my concern for him is if he's limited this spring, he's going to have no chance. Zero. I mean, no chance because there's just too much talent. And and you just, you know, he doesn't have enough. Exp- he, he hasn't proven himself enough in the past two years, which I wouldn't necessarily say is his fault. I mean, he didn't get a chance to play this year. And then a couple times he would have got a chance. He was out he was with injury or yeah. COVID, uh, COVID related things. Um, so he just he's got like seven career pass attempts. So it's not like he proved himself to a level where like, hey, look, we've seen what he can do on game day. So we're going to give him that opportunity to go play. Uh, he's got to be able to get back out there. And, and I think, look, the thing about Brendan Clark that he has going for him is he's probably the best athlete. Of, he's definitely the best athlete of the returners. Um, and he, he has, I would argue, the best arm strength of any quarterback on the oh. roster, including Tyler Buckner. I mean, oh, he's got yeah. a powerful arm. Uh, when he's right and his mechanics are right and his decision making is right, he throws. He'll throw the best. He'll have the best throws of, yep. of this of the spring practices and fall camp. He'll make some gorgeous throws. But he's got to improve his decision making a ton. They need to see from him this spring a big jump in the mental acumen of running the offense. Yeah. They also need to see a a little bit more poise in the pocket from him. Which is some of the things that I've been you know talking to different sources that he's got to prove that he can be more comfortable playing. You know, at quarterback, when there are eleven guys on both sides sure. coming at him, processing that information, getting the th- the ball out quick, and not just like from what I've been told, like sometimes when he gets in those live situations, it's like automatically he's looking for the rush and looking for a place to run because he's an athlete. You know, sure. that gamer. You know, he's got to be. Hey, look, I'm gonna take this hit, but I'm reading the defense out and I'm getting the ball out. You know, just showing more poise in the pocket. I've seen enough of that. I'm good. Yeah, and, and so that's that's the thing with Brendan Clark. Now with Drew Pine, it's just about dude. You got to go out there and just shred. I mean, that's the thing is there's nothing about Drew Pine that's going to stand out size-wise, athletically. or I mean, there's nothing from a physical tool standpoint he does better than any of the other quarterbacks. I think we could agree he ranks fourth in size. He ranks fourth in athleticism of the four. He ranks fourth in arm strength. You know, there's there's none of those physical measurables in, that you look at and say, you know, he can compete, which means he has to do it mentally and from an execution standpoint better than everybody else. Right. Uh, and dramatically so. So he has to go out there from day one, show leadership, which I've heard he has, you know, show, 
you know, be that great decision maker. Don't be afraid to take those chances. Because if you're if you're Drew Pine, you have nothing to lose. There's not a person on this planet outside of maybe the Pine family that thinks from a Notre Dame fan base standpoint that thinks Drew's going to go out there and win the starting job. I, I think he's got it. You, I know you think he's got a better chance than some people kid. give him credit for. I, I, really I like Drew Pine a lot. But the reality is because he lacks those physical tools, he can't afford to not thrive from an execution standpoint. And the thing that that should benefit him because he is considered the afterthought, you know, he's Jack Cohn's going to start this year, and then he's going to be the, the secession's going to line of secession is going to then go to to uh, succession is going to go to Tyler Buckner, right? So what have you got to lose? So Absolutely. take those shots, throw the ball downfield, be aggressive, throw with great timing, take your yep. chances. Because, I mean, what are they going to do, bench you? Right. Right? That's what everybody's Already thinking is going to happen anyway. So yeah. I just want to see Drew play loose, yeah. let it all out, and if he's not good enough, he's not good enough. And then sure. I think he can live with – and he'll be able to live with that. Hey, look, I went to Notre Dame. I knew they were going to – Signed great quarterbacks. They had Tyler Buckner committed before he signed. He knew Tyler Buckner was coming. And and he still came because he loves Notre Dame and he's not afraid to compete. I mean, anyone sure. that followed his recruitment, he went, he was committed to Notre Dame for over a year and he was going to seven on seven after seven on seven, this camp, that camp. He was he because he wanted to compete. He's not going to back down from this fight, but I want to see him have that what do I got to lose mentality and just go ball. Sure. And and, and let the chips fall where they may. I think that's his best chance to sort of step in and seize that role uh, and say, hey, look, Jack Cohn may be the starter, but I'm the next in line. Or if Jack Cohn falters, you're the next guy, and then Drew Pine is going to – or Tr Tyler Buckner then has to kind of beat you out because I think Drew Pine, of the returners, Drew Pine is the one that has the opportunity, in my view, to beat out Jack Cohn. It's not Brendan Clark because of the injury and the fact that he's sure. just so far behind in some of those other areas. He has, I think, Drew Pine is the guy that could be that guy. I've talked to, to to people related to, you know, the program, people that know people in the program, and he's made his an impression. I was told he had as good of a grasp of the offense as anybody on the roster last year at quarterback. Well, that's saying something when you're you got a three year starter, and right. a fifth, you know, and, and it wasn't a knock on Ian Book; it was a praise of Drew Pine. Sure. He said the, the game just comes natural to him mentally. He picked everything up. He knew the offense. He knew he, he was a good decision maker. He's got to not only do that, but he's got to make plays. That's the key for Drew Pine is just, you know, being super accurate from 10 yards down is not going to win you the job. You have to make those downfield, be willing to make those downfield throws, those, the, you know, bang that corner route when the receiver's just now getting to the top of his break. Be willing to attack some of those zones. So, Show the staff that your physical limitations are not limiting to your ability to produce as a quarterback, and that is going to be the key for Drew Pine. That's the only way he's going to get people to forget the fact that he doesn't have the best arm, he's not the best athlete, because you can be all those things and be the best playmaker. And I point to Mac Jones. Mac Jones, from an arm talent standpoint and athleticism standpoint, is not in the same universe as Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and Joe Burrow in Trey Lance and Zach Wilson, but his winning and production and playmaking ability is just as good because he's as good as anybody up here. And and so I think that's how Drew Pine has to be if he's going to have any chance because this is the spring he's going to do it. If he doesn't do it this spring, by the time we get to the fall next spring, Tyler Buckner is going to be way past him. And so that's going to be his chance. So, Brian, we got one quarterback left to talk about. That is incoming freshman Tyler Buckner. We've heard that name many, many times. 
what does he need to do this spring? I mean, I, I would be, frankly, I would be shocked if he was the starter coming out of spring. That would either mean he played absolutely unbelievable, but it would also mean the other three did not play very, very well, in my opinion. That, that's the way I see it. What are your thoughts on Tyler Buckner going into this spring? I agree with the first part of that, not the second part of it. Okay. I, I think Tyler Buckner could win the starting job if he plays to his potential. I don't think that's going to be his first I don't think potential. No, his his potential, his talent, right? Okay. So his his physical talent relative to his level of experience, okay. right? I'm not saying he needs to play like a fourth year senior because when if he plays like he's a fourth year senior, it's, I don't care what those other guys do. Sure, he's, he's going to be starting quarterback. I'm talking about playing to his potential, his physical potential relative to his current level of experience, right? Uh, because he is, he is arguing, he's probably got, he's got the second best arm of the quarterbacks. He's definitely the best athlete, in my opinion. I think Brandon Clark has a powerful athlete. Tyler Buckner's a better foot quickness, speed, More that athletic. kind of athlete. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and to me, he's got all the other intangibles you want, you know, leadership, poise, you know, all those kind of things. He just hasn't done it a whole lot in real football situations yeah. against good competition. He also didn't get the chance to go compete at a lot of different events. There was no opening. There was no Under Armour All-American game. Those things where he would have been able to kind of go toe-to-toe with the best quarterbacks, he didn't get that chance. Now, I believe he would have if the opportunity was there. I think he would have been like Drew Pine. But because of COVID, it, all those things were, were canceled. So sure. there's so much development that he lost out on that's going to hurt him. That that's why I don't expect as much from him as I think a lot of other people are. Now, having said that, if he's able to kind of shake off all that rust of not having played last year, not having all those kind of things, and his talent takes over, he'll have a chance to win a starting quarterback job. I just don't think the expectation should be that he will do that because I think that's unfair when you consider that in the last three years, 18, 19, and 20, Right during Notre Dame's great stretch, where they've gone thirty-three and five, and Ian Book has started all these games. Right, Tyler Buckner's played one season of high school football during that stretch. Yeah, and so it, it, it's it's it was not, dominating. It was dominating. Talking about he but, was like yeah. a backup to a great player, but he was he wasn't practicing because he was hurt right. in twenty eighteen, yeah. and then and in twenty twenty there was no football. Senior. Yeah, so he wasn't even playing at all. Now you can say he's been with quarterback coaches and and all, but that's 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 not football, right? Right. That's working on your mechanics. So. You know what? What we need to see from Tyler Buckner is how quickly can he shake off that rust? How quickly can he not only get used to, um, you know, I mean, he hasn't had to lead. He hasn't right. had a team to lead right. the last year. You know, so I mean, it's just been worrying about him, and that's fine. And hopefully, that'll help him be ready to play as a quarterback. But you know, how quick is he going to adapt to the other parts of it? How how quickly can he adapt personality wise to his teammates and and leadership wise to his teammates? How quickly can he get used to? You know, he's been running a million drills the last year, and, and, and that's great. I mean, that's keeping him athletically fresh, but sure. that's not football. You right, know? So exactly. So how quickly can he get used to get back up to speed with the football aspect of things? And so the talent is there, Vince. I mean, you know, I've said this before. Look, the three quarterbacks of the Brian Kelly era that I graded coming out of high school as, as in that upper echelon of this guy can be an elite quarterback is Everett Golson, Phil Dracovic, and Tyler Buckner. That's it. Uh, and and I'm someone who liked Deshaun Kaiser a lot coming out. Malik Zaire was a very good quarterback coming out. Brandon Wimbush was a very good quarterback coming out. All those guys were excellent players coming out of high school, but those three, to me, their combination of arm talent and athleticism and proven production. I mean, Everett Golson won a state championship coming in high school. He beat Jadavion Clowney's team in a state championship, come from behind win to win a state championship. Phil Jerkovic won a state championship. You know, Tyler Buckner did not, but again <clears> – <throat> He went kind of deep into the playoffs with not a very good team 
at a lower level of football in California, you know, I would have loved to see what he would have done at Helix yeah. this year. Yeah. So, you know, the talent is there, Vince. And and so me throwing cold water on Tyler Buckner right now has nothing to do with me not believing in his physical talent. I, I think he's an incredibly talented quarterback. It's more of a my fear is that unrealistic expectations are being sure. placed upon him because we're focusing so much on his talent and not looking at the circumstances of what has happened the last, you know, two to three years and how that has impacted him more than it has a lot of other quarterbacks, you, you know, so – you know, the last three years, Drew Pine played two years of high school football. And then this year, while Tyler Buckner was sitting out because of COVID, Drew Pine was on the Notre Dame football team at practice every day, running the second team offense at times, getting into games a couple times. You know what I mean? So, sure, those are advantages that Tyler Buckner did not have. And so I'm just afraid that he's going to come in and not light the world on fire. And then all the he people would. talking about how yeah. great he is now are going to start saying, well, he was overrated. He wasn't that good. Sure. He. And and that's the fear because he isn't overrated. He is, if anything, he's underrated because he his rankings dropped because he didn't play this last year. I think he's a, a five star talent, but not every five star talent is going to step on the field and be Trevor Lawrence. You know how many throws Jameis Winston made his freshman year of college? Zero. You know how many throws Michael Vick attempted his freshman year of college? Zero. Do you know how many attempts Joe Burrow made as a freshman in college? Zero. Right. So. The point is, is development is not everyone is Trevor Lawrence, right? And that's why Trevor Lawrence is a generational player. Tyler Buckner also came from a completely different circumstance. So that's where I'm getting at, Vince, is I just am trying to pump the brakes a little bit on the expectations of him. Having said that, Tyler Buckner does have the physical tools to go out and, and win the job at some point in time. And more so, what I think he needs to do is prove that he's capable of playing enough to where they say we've got to find a way to get this kid on the field even if it's not as a starter and i hope i actually hope he doesn't start as not the first game i i am a huge fan of never starting a freshman in the first game of the year unless you don't have another option or he's just that good yeah uh, because if you start him and he falters you know what what could possibly happen there you, you know mentally you could really hurt him as opposed to like what usc did a couple years ago with Sam Darnold, they didn't. They started Max Brown. He faltered. Then you bring in the savior, who's the young quarterback, as opposed to trotting the young quarterback out first. Clemson did that with Trevor Lawrence. And so let him get his feet wet first. And then if he proves to be really good, then you can play him. So, but to do that, he's going to have to show a really quick acclimation to the offense. That means he, he, that we know he can do the things when the plays break down. Sure. He's gonna do. He's gonna make some miraculous plays like that. He's gonna make some great plays. He's gonna run around. He's gonna be like, "Wow, this kid's super talented." But to really be in the mix, he's gonna have to show that he can do damage from the pocket. He can make reads. He can go through progressions. He can get the ball out. He can manipulate the pocket, plant and throw things that he has been drilled. Those are things he's been drilling a lot of. Yeah, his, right. With his quarterback stuff, but showing you can do that when when it's a when it's a person who can hit you not a bag coming at you. You know right. what I mean? So no, how quickly does he adapt to those things? How quickly does he pick up reads? How quickly does he adapt to the speed of his teammates? How quickly does he adapt to the speed of the defensive players trying to make plays against him? So those are all the things that are going to determine whether or not Tyler Buckner's capable of really, truly competing to be the next quarterback at Notre Dame in 2021. And so how quickly he develops in those areas are going to be are going to be important. The the physical tools are going to shine. He's going to make probably the most impressive plays of any quarterback on the team this spring. But it's can he do 
the normal every down regular stuff of leading the offense, making the calls, making the checks, being a good decision maker, getting the ball out time, and then making plays. If he can do all those things, at some point in time, Tyler Buckner is going to have a chance to be the next quarterback at Notre Dame. One of the things we like to do with our position previews is we like to leave everyone with three questions, Brian. And, and it's three questions that we're going to be keeping an eye on during spring. And some of them might be answered, you know, during spring. Some yep. of them might not be answered until the middle of the season. You know, we don't know. And how quickly they get answered will determine how successful this position will be. Absolutely correct. So our first question is, can Notre Dame replace books winning ways? And my favorite part is we put that in quote, winning ways. And that's, <laughs> you didn't have to tell anybody. That. Well, but that's for me. I love that. that I love that. Uh, our second question is, can Jack Cohn be more productive? He's the presumptive starter. Can he be more productive than he was when he was at Wisconsin? Right. Relative and, to what he did at Wisconsin, not relative to what Ian Book did. That, that is exactly correct. And then our final question is, will the younger players get a legit shot to compete? We both hope that they will. We both think that they can. But will they get that shot? That remains to be seen. But th those are the three questions we're going to keep, be keeping our eye on. And uh, that's going to do it for this edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and smash that notification bell uh, over on YouTube. And then, of course, subscribe to our podcast wherever it is that you get your podcast. And finally, and certainly not the least, make sure you check out irishbreakdown.com for all the latest uh, in Notre Dame news and, and, and analysis and everything else. So make sure you check out irishbreakdown.com. So until next time, Irish fans, I'm Vince, that's Brian, and we will talk to you then on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.